Hey, what's going on? What's up, my brothers and sisters in Christ? Welcome to Disciple Nation. Yes, Disciple Nation, a platform for God where we study and submerge ourselves into the Word of God and implement it into our daily lives. I want to introduce myself. My name is Brother Joseph Israel Mensa. Some call me Brother Joseph. Others call me Brother Israel. Whatever you feel comfortable calling me according to the Holy Spirit, please feel free to do so. Once again, thank you for tuning in. I sincerely appreciate it. Before we begin today's first episode, I'd like all of us to gather together in a moment of prayer. Please let us begin. Father God, we invite you into this platform. May your Holy Spirit take absolute control. Use and direct the lips you've given me to correctly preach your word. Give us a sound mind and ears to understand your word. Rebuke any confusion and let us receive proper knowledge to walk accordingly in your image and likeness. In Jesus name. Amen. Once again, my brothers and sisters in Christ, thank you for joining. Let us start with our first episode. Our first episode is about discipleship. Yes, discipleship. That is what the Holy Spirit laid on my heart. What is discipleship, right? What are the characteristics or what are the actions of a disciple? What are they to do according to the word of God, what God tells us? Listen, if we look at the dictionary um, in regards to discipleship, how they define it is one who accepts and assists in spreading the doctrines of another, such as Christianity. Other terminologies are a dedicated follower of Jesus. Um, but the Greek word of disciple means learner. So the Greek word of disciple means learner. And, and personally, I prefer that that definition or what the Greek word tells us, because uh, uh, according to history and, and studies, we come to understand that the New Testament was first written in Greek. And I believe that part of history is not tainted by the devil himself. So I prefer um, that Greek word of disciple, which is a learner or a learner of uh, of scripture, of the word of God, a, a learner of Jesus. Right. But what I want us to focus on is, is the word of God. What does the word of God say about a disciple? What does the word of God tell us about discipleship? And I want us to start. I want us to start with today's scripture from Matthew 28, 18 through 20. We're going to be reading other scriptures. Uh, John 8, 31 through 32, uh, Luke 14, 25 through 33, and also Luke 9, uh, verse 23. Uh, but however, I encourage you, my brothers and sisters, when you have time, dedicate some time to God to read all of Matthew chapter 28, uh, all of chapter uh, eight of John and all of uh, Luke chapter 24 as well. When you have time dedicated to God, meditate on those chapters, meditate on the word of God. But for time's sake, we're going to start with Matthew 28, 18 through 20. OK, and I'm going to be reading from the NASB version. So let's look at Matthew 28. Actually, let's start with Matthew 28, 16. Uh, some some Bibles like my my Bible has a subtitle called the Great Commission. Uh, those of us that are that are listening, we've come to understand that even Matthew 28 uh, it, essentially, it's uh, referring to a time when Jesus has uh, risen from the dead, right? When he appeared to Mary Magdalene and uh, the other Mary as well. They came looking in his in his grave and they saw an angel of the Lord descending from heaven. And he informed them that Jesus has risen and he has left uh, the tomb, right? And then if you go on to read other verses, it, it, it essentially drops down to the verse that we're looking at is 16, where he appears to the disciples and he gives them a command, right? He gives them a commandment, what they are to call to do and what they should do. So let's start at uh, Matthew 28, 16. 
But the eleven disciples proceeded to Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had designated. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some were doubtful. I want, I want to talk about this, right? Even though today's discussion isn't based on, on this verse 17, the word doubtful, I just want us to briefly touch on it. It says when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some were doubtful. <laughs> you know, you know, what's so I, I was struck when I saw this, right? Well, I, I wasn't really surprised, but it, it was just interesting, right? You're the word of God is referring to these disciples that walk with Jesus, three years in his ministry, right? They walk with him. They saw miracles. They, 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 they saw him walking on water. They saw him healing the sick, the blind, right? And pulling out demons. They received revelation, but yet it says that they were doubtful that he rose from the dead. So is it safe to assume that some thought that this whole thing was fake? So they saw the evidence they saw the evidence of the son of God physically, right? But yet they were doubtful. So I just want to encourage us, right? Your faith isn't based on what you physically see, right? But your faith is tested and based on the unseen. Ask yourself, how did you come to believe in, in Jesus? Was it something you physically see, saw or something that you experienced internally? Whether it's through revelation, whether it's internally through something you heard or through an emotion, right? That, that, that awoke you to believe in Jesus. So it's not always what you physically see. You don't always physically need an audible from God or, or physically need to see the heavens pulled down to believe in God. But it's, but it's things unseen. And God knows what's in your heart. He knows what you do behind closed doors. He knows that is why it says that some were doubtful. So externally, they were portraying like they believed in Jesus, but internally they were doubtful. And Jesus saw that. And Jesus saw. So don't let your faith be defined on what you externally do to others, but let it be defined internally. What you do behind closed doors, what others don't see. Let us continue, though. Verse 18, Matthew 28, verse 18. And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. So he is reaffirming that now that he has risen, authority has finally been given to him in heaven and on earth. And we will talk about that at a later time as well. And then Jesus goes on to say, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the father and the son and the Holy spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So this was a commandment, right? Jesus was instructing them to go make disciples of all nations. Yes, you are my disciples, but it doesn't end with you, right? It doesn't start. It, it doesn't finish with you. Now that you are disciples, you have been my disciples. It is your job to go make other disciples. But when you make other disciples, baptize them according to the father, the son, and the Holy spirit, right? And they must be taught to observe all that I commanded you. They shouldn't be taught anything else. They shouldn't be taught church doctrines, other perspective from men. They shouldn't receive baptism of any other way, but it should be through the father, the son, and the Holy spirit. These three things must come in play. One should not be ignored. And for them to be a disciple, they must observe all that I commanded, not picking and choosing. 
everything that I have told you, whatever is written in this Bible, they must observe all of it, not pick and choose. A disciple must fully and wholly follow my word. And they must receive me, the Father, me, the Son, the Father, and the Holy Spirit. They must function with all of these three things. And we'll touch on that at a later time, people, if you're confused. So it is a commandment. And he's saying a disciple is to follow everything, not pick and choose according to what the flesh wants or twist his words according to the flesh. No. And they must follow my word, no other perspective from men or church doctrine or religion. But these are spiritual things. The, the, the word is spirit that became flesh, right? They must observe all of these. This is a commandment he was saying, and this is how he was instructing them to make disciples and what they should do. Mm. I hope I'm making sense. And I hope some of you are receiving revelation as we are capturing the word of God. And let's jump. Let's jump to john 8 31 through 32 and luke 14 25 through 33 but i first want us to start with john 8 31 through 32 and then dive into luke 14 because because that is deep as well and, and it has um it has a lot of meaning within it john 8 31 through 32 people if we look at john 8 31 through 32 it, it, one of the, the subtitle of my bible says the truth will make you free and i'm sure others say the truth will set you free according to what version you're reading from if we look at verse 31 it says so jesus was saying to those jews who had believed him if you continue if you continue in my word then you are truly truly disciples of mine and you will know the truth and the truth will make you free so i want us to capture jesus is saying if you continue in my word so what this is saying is that not only are you reading my word, are you studying my word, but you are walking in it. You are continuing in it. It is not a once a week thing. It is a daily thing to walk in my word. That is what he's saying. He's saying a disciple is somebody who walks 24 seven in his word. Even if you fall, even if you sin by grace, you are lifted up, right? And you continue in his word. You don't use sin as an example. I've fallen. So let me ignore his word. Let me go back into the world. No, listen, Jesus acknowledges that sin will happen. We are, we are born in sin. That is why when we accept him, our sin is forgiven. It's not talking about the, the present sin, but it's talking about sin that will happen to us in the future. We are forgiven if we believe and accept him. So with that being said, you are also to continue in his word. His word is to remain in you people. And then he says, if you do that, then you are truly, truly his disciples. So that is distinguishing false disciples and disciples that are truly of God, that are truly descendants of the kingdom of God. But we must continue in his word to be a disciple. His word must remain in us. People, we must follow his word. It must be with us wherever we go. We shouldn't wait for Friday night or Saturday or Sunday worship. We shouldn't wait for us to go to our place of worship for his word or to receive his word or to act like we're abiding in his word. We shouldn't wait when we hear from a man of God. No, it must remain in us. And this is to remain in us in closed doors. We shouldn't we, we shouldn't put a phony, a phony act. No, it's to remain in us behind closed doors. When we are home alone, when we are when we are watching certain shows and we are. <laughs> 
what we are doing behind closed doors are we living and walking according to his word even when you fall are you to lift yourself up and confess your sins and then walk according to his word what are you doing a disciple continues in his word his word remains in him and when you do this right when his word continues in you and it remains in you then the truth will be revealed to you and it will make you free how do you get that truth by studying his word by receiving revelation from the holy spirit listen to get to know god you must get to know him obviously right i i feel like i repeated myself so let me rephrase myself again to get to know god you must read and study his word because he is revealing himself when we look at this bible he's revealing himself his personality his traits about him why he created us what are we to do that is the only way to get to know god is to dive deep and eat and chew his word it's not just solely hearing from me preach to you or hearing from a man of god preach to you or going to a place just once a week or twice a week no you are not going to capture all of God that way. It's to read and meditate his word and continue reading and meditating his word. And when you continue to read and meditate his word, you continue to let it be part of your daily life. And then you will receive revelation. And that revelation will reveal the truth of things. Whatever you may have been deceived with, the truth will be revealed. Whatever you may be handcuffed by, you'll be released from that shackle. Listen, I don't know about you, about you guys, but think of a time when you used to believe in something and then the Holy Spirit grew you and then you received a different revelation. How did you feel? Think about it. How did you feel that? Wow, this is what I thought all along. And look what the Holy Spirit has revealed to me. And he and he shows you a word, right? He shows you proof that in his word, word that no, this is how you are to believe in such. How did you feel? Or maybe you were you were listening to somebody, right? And, and you were obeying him or her, thinking that you're following the word of God. But then the Holy Spirit revealed to you, no, you are to not do that. Or something you were doing felt like a burden and you were falsely told that you were doing it for God, right? But it, even though it felt like a burden, it didn't feel right. And then the, and then if you didn't do it, you felt like you were sinning, right? You felt like you, you were doing God wrong. But then the Holy Spirit revealed to you, no, you weren't. The Holy Spirit revealed to you like, no, this is not what you were supposed to do. That The reason why that felt like a burden was it was against my word. Now you are set free. You don't have to do such things or you don't have to believe in such things. How did you feel? Think of that time. Think of that time when you were fooled by the Antichrist, when you were fooled by a false uh, a prophet or a false disciple. And then the Holy Spirit revealed to you. How free did you feel? When you walk, when, when you continue in the word of God, when you meditate on the word of God daily, the Holy Spirit will give you that revelation and you will be set free. That is what a disciple does, people. That is what a disciple does. We have to dedicate time for the word of God. We have to walk in the word of God daily. We have to continue in the word of God. Even when we fall, the Lord is lifting his hands up. He just needs us to take the action. That's all he needs us to do. He needs us just to give our hands out and he'll pull us back into him. That's all he needs us to do and walk according to his word, remain in his word. That is what a disciple does, people. That's what a disciple does. I hope I'm speaking to all of us, even myself as well. I want us to dive into Luke 14, 25, 33. 
Luke 14, 25, 33. And once again, I'm reading in the NASB if, if you want to um, join me in reading in it as well. Luke 14, 25, 33. Holy Spirit, speak to us. Speak to us in Jesus' name. No. Luke 14, 25 tells us, Now large crowds were going along with him, and he turned and said to them, Jesus, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciples. Now, let's stop at this verse 26. I feel like personally, if if you don't study or meditate on scripture, uh, this verse can confuse you and it can and it can even cause you to um, somewhat detest the word of God. Uh, or if, if I make sense or, or, or say that there's some ambiguity involved, but I don't, I don't believe the word of God uh, contradicts itself. No, God is not a God who contradicts himself, but the devil contradicts himself, though. Opposing spirits contradict themselves. Right. But but if you have the Holy Spirit and you study the word of God, you'll understand what this verse means, because if you read uh, other scripture, the Bible doesn't tell us to hate our father or our mother or our brothers and sisters. No, it, it talks about love. It even says the greatest commandment is to love God with all your heart. And then the second is to love your neighbors. Right. Jesus emphasizes love. Even Jesus says, pray for your enemies, pray for those who do you wrong. Right. So that is all part of love. So the Bible won't contradict itself and say where it says you should love your your neighbors and pray for your enemies and it tells you to hate your mother and father. No, it is not telling us that. Right. It is not telling us that if you read Luke 14, 26 and act from the sermon from the Holy Spirit, you will understand that that verse is telling us to prioritize. You must prioritize Jesus over your father, your mother, your wife, your children. You must prioritize him over your family. Jesus comes first. He comes first. Part of prioritization is that Saturday, if you have a brother or sister, they're going out and they want you to come, but you know, you must dedicate your time with God. Or if you were living a past lifestyle where you were going to parties with, with your mom, your dad, or family members, you're not going to do that anymore, right? You're going to spend your nights evangelizing, teaching, preaching, um, worshiping God, right? You, you are not. So you're, the dynamic of your relationship is going to change even with your children, right? Maybe you were doing stuff with your children. Maybe you were watching certain television shows with your children, right? And then that will change. Maybe all in the living room will say, no, you guys can't watch this. We can't watch this anymore. And it may cause your son or daughter to go upstairs to their room and watch their own TV show because you can't really force them. You can't force people to bring them into Jesus. You could pray for them and you can lead as an example and try to influence them, right? But that dynamic of the relationship will even change. It will, it will change and it may cause some distance, right? And you may have to distance yourself from your, from your mom, your dad, or whoever it may be, because they're not ready to follow Jesus or they may never follow Jesus. And when you distance yourself from them, it can be seen as a form of hate according to the world, right? But you are simply prioritizing Jesus. You don't have hate for them. You are praying for their salvation, but you may not hang out with them like you used to. The only time you may see them is at a family function or gathering, but you may not go drink cocktails with them. You may not go to the club with them. You may not even invite them to the house like you used to, unless if there's a large gathering of some sort, because the conversation that, that they may have had with you, you won't have with them anymore. They may still be gossiping and you're not in the form of gossiping anymore. So he's simply talking about prioritizing. And when you distance yourself, it could come in the form of hate. Or when they learn that you're a, you're a follower, right? Or, or you are a disciple. The, the spirit, 
the spirit of the devil, the adversary may enter them and it may cause them to hate you or despise you. It may cause them to talk negatively of you, right? It may cause them to do that. And if you have the spirit of discernment from the Holy Spirit, you will see that the devil is using them. So it will cause a rift, which can be seen as a form of hate. But instead, pray for them. Continue to pri prioritize Jesus and pray for them. But this is what, according to my belief, scripture is telling us. Because the Bible doesn't contradict. It's not talking about th th they hate where you, you want to kill them. You pray negatively about them or you gossip about them. No. It's talking about that the, the new structure dynamic may seem like you are hating them according to human mind or, or, or perceptions and or perspective. But that's not the case. You are prioritizing Jesus above them. I hope I make sense. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And let's focus on let's let's turn to Luke 14, 27 after 26, right? Luke 14, 27. Whoever does not carry his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. This is powerful as well. Carrying your cross, right? Essentially, carrying your cross is you put your full trust in God, uh, even though there are storms and battles in your life, because when you become a disciple, right? You're going to face new storms. You're going to face new battles in your life, right? You're going to face things that, that cause suffering, that cause execution. Because essentially carrying a cross back in those days, right? It was seen as an object of torture, suffering, and execution. And this is what is going to happen when you become a disciple, right? You, you, you are going to be in areas of, of weaknesses where you will try to run away from in life, right? Discipleship will take you to places where you are vulnerable or you may be exposed to some embarrassment and shame from an individual, right? The enemy is going to use you and your discipleship, your, your walk with God, this moment will be tested, right? You, you may, you may pick up, you know, you decided to start a, to start and dedicate yourself fully to Jesus, right? Fully to scripture, fully to the word of God. And now you have friends or families laughing at you, ridiculing you. They don't believe in you. They're talking behind your back. Can you deal with this? Can you deal with the loss of, of, of friendship, the loss of relationships? Can you deal with even your own parents at this time thinking that you've gone mad or crazy? Can you deal with separation of relationship? This is all part of carrying the cross. They may look at you according to the to, to human standards or, or, or according to their worldly God as an embarrassment. That oh now he's become a become a man of God or, or a woman of God and, and they see you as a laughing stock and they may disrespect you. They may even try to poke you and want anger out of you. But understand that it is Satan that is using their vessel because they don't walk according to the Holy Spirit. So he can he can he can infuse and interject himself within them. Can you deal with this? Can you carry your cross and put your trust in God in all these? And you know, once you become a disciple, the devil's going to attack you because if you belong in this world, right? And you are following the word of Satan, he's not going to attack you. He's going to keep actually blessing you. So you can, so, so you can keep walking according to his ways and you'll, and you'll never join the kingdom of God. He's going to keep blessing. He's not going to give you a reason to turn the other way. But when he sees that you are walking according to the will of God, right? what he truly had for your life and you accept Jesus and you become a disciple. He's going to attack you in different ways. You are going to face storms and objects, but if you put your trust in God and not men and or your flesh, 
God is going to pull you away from that storm and whatever was lost, he'll give to you in abundance and 10 times fold in Jesus name. If your finances was broken, he will reward you 10 times fold in Jesus name. If he attacks your health, he will give you great health 10 times fold in Jesus name. Ah, oh, man, I'm talking right now, but you must put your trust in God. And that is what a disciple does. They fully put their trust in God, not in men, not in the words of men, but in the word of God. And are you willing to go through these? And then if you look at 28 going down, right? To 33, Jesus goes on to say, calculating the cost essentially of being a disciple. Have you calculated the losses? Have you sat down there? said, if I'm a disciple, I am to lose this. Are you willing to lose all of that? Are you willing to lose all of that? Don't jump in because of your emotions or because of that Saturday or Friday or Sunday, whatever. You, you receive that feel good message and then you're like, I'm going to give up everything. No, this is time with you and God to meditate on it. He's saying count the cost, pray on it, meditate on it. Is your spirit ready? And if it is, you're going to go through these. And if you could pull through and put your trust me, you are fully my disciple. Let's let's even read. Let's read 28 for which one of you, when he wants to build a tower, does not first sit down and calculate the cost to see if he has enough to complete it. Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish all who observe it, begin to ridicule him, saying this man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king, when he sets out to meet another king in battle, will not first sit down and consider whether he is strong enough with 10,000 men to encounter the one coming against him with 20,000 or else. While the other is still far away, he sends a delegation to ask for terms of peace. So then none of you can be my disciple who does not give up all his possessions. Therefore, salt is good. But even if even salt has become tasteless with what will it be seasoned? It is useless either for the soil or for the manure pile. It is thrown out. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. So I encourage you read this scripture, meditate on it, meditate on it. But he says, so then none of you, 33, let's jump back to 33. So then none of you can be my disciple who does not give up all his possessions. <laughs> you must give up what you were living in the physical world, right? And now tune into the spiritual world, because a lot of those possessions you have did not come from God, came from Satan. It came from the God of this world, right? The people you were hanging out with, not talking for everyone. A lot of your friends came from worldly things or you hang out with them for bad intentions according to the flesh a lot of your friends you saw you guys go out and drink you go out and party you go out and have sex but now you must give up those possessions you must give up those things right and then in turn god will connect you with people that are like-minded he will connect you with kingdom-minded people i hope i make sense to you guys so those things you were doing in the world the sex the drugs the drinks, you must give up those things. You must denounce those things. God will give you something new into the spiritual that will be manifested into the physical. It will be his possessions that he's given to you, right? So you must be willing to give up the world to be a disciple of God, and he will take care of all your needs. You must kill your flesh. You must kill your flesh. Kill this physical world. Do not let it control you. No. I hope I make sense. If I'm jumping around, I apologize, but, but, but I hope I hope you're staying with me. Holy Spirit, continue to take control of this and of this atmosphere, of this environment, of this podcast in Jesus name. Let's look at the last verse, Luke 9, 23, Luke 9, 23. That is in sync 
with Luke 14, 25, 33, even though we're going backwards. Luke 9, 23. Scripture tells us the word of God. Jesus is telling us in Luke 9, 23. And he was saying to them all, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Just like what we were emphasizing in Luke 14, right? Take up his cross daily. So Jesus is telling us, this is a daily thing, right? Each day you will face something new. Each day you will face something new. A storm will come, a battle will come, right? And this is something you must do daily. So I'm encouraging you all, right? Don't, don't jump ahead and look at the finish line and then you skip the steps, right? Because it's a process. Being a disciple of God is a process. You can't skip the steps because it says your word, his word must remain in you. So it's talking about daily. It must remain in you each and every day. So don't look at the finish line. Then it becomes a burden for you. No, take it each and every day. Rely on Jesus each and every day. Let him, let him direct your steps for you, right? Let him direct your steps and you will get to that finish line. You will get to that finish line where you dine with Jesus each and every day, where, where, where you, where you join his kingdom and you enter internal life. That, that, that is my advice from me to you that, 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 that has worked for me. And yes, I do have my shortcomings. I fall, but I get back up and say, this is a journey. It's a journey. And each and every day I must win the warfare. Even if I've lost on a Monday, Tuesday, I will do better with the guidance and direction and the grace and mercy Jesus gave us. Amen. So let's get back to Luke 19, 23. I, I don't want to jump ahead and, and, and miss things, but let, let me even start with 23 people. And he was saying to them all, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Or whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake, he is the one who will save it. Mm. Boom. I think it's safe to conclude there, people. A disciple is one who who loses his current life, right? Who loses the life he was living for the sake of following Jesus, right? For the sake of following Jesus. And then when you lose it, Jesus will save you. So you give up and sacrifice the flesh, the current life you were living. You give up everything you were doing that was worldly. You give up those friends that you were sinning with, those family members you were sinning with, right? You pray for them. You don't fully disconnect yourself from them, but you disconnect the sinful things you were doing with them, right? Or you, or you, or you give up that, that club you used to go to. You give up those girl, that girl, those girls you were having sex with, that drink, that TV show you were watching, right? Everything that was partaken and that, that, that was going on in your life, right? You give that up. Right. You don't try to save it. When you walk as a disciple, you don't try to save those things. You, you, you don't try to save that girl that you bring into your house at nighttime to have sex and make excuse. No, you give all that up for the sake of following Jesus. Right. And when you do, he will save you. You will. He will bring you into eternal life, which is true happiness, true freedom. You are no longer a prisoner to the flesh. You are no longer fighting the flesh saying you shouldn't be doing this but you, but but you know you are right you know you don't need a drink 
to, 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 to give you some energy or, 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 or make you feel like, feel like you're complete or give you comfort. No, you don't need those things. All you need is the word of God. When you have the word of God and you continue in it, that is your food. That is your source of water. So a disciple is one who dedicates himself into the word of God, right? Each and every moment he continues in the word of God, right? Right, people? He prioritizes Jesus over all others, right? He carries his own cross. He puts his trust in God, whether they're storms or battles, right? And he gives up his current or past life to follow Jesus. And he allows Jesus to take full, absolute control. And my brothers and sisters, when you read the word of God and you remain in the word of God, you will get to know Jesus and you follow his commandments. Everything you need, people, to live happiness, direction, instruction, your source of, of spiritual food, spiritual water, everything you need is in the word of God. Meditate on it, people. Meditate on it. Test the spirits. Use it to test the spirits. As I'm speaking to you, after I'm done, open the Bible. What I've said, does it correlate? Is it aligned with the word of God? Just don't open the Bible or read the Bible on a, on a Sunday morning or a Friday night, whenever you, wherever your place of worship or whenever you do your worship, just don't open it for that moment. No. Do it behind closed doors. This is discipleship. This is being a disciple. Remember, all the 12 apostles were considered disciples at one point. Or let, let me even rephrase that. They are all disciples. They weren't considered at one point. All the 12 apostles are disciples. I hope I make sense. Because a disciple is in action. It's a behavior. So they are all disciples. But if you're not a disciple, then you are a false prophet, a false pastor, a false teacher, because a disciple studies the word of God. The word of God remains in him or her. He has given up his life for Jesus. He carries a cross, his own cross put in the trust of God. So if you can't do those things, then you are not a disciple. And then you are a false prophet, apostle, whoever. I hope I make sense to you guys. So you must be a disciple. And you must remain a disciple before receiving any titles within the fivefold ministry because disciple or discipleship is a continued action and behavior towards and with God. It is your relationship with God, your constant relationship with God. It's discipleship. I hope I made sense. I hope I make sense. Holy Spirit, I pray. May you give clarity to your people. May you give further clarity to me in Jesus name. If I have said anything that is not according of your word, forgive me, forgive me. And may you cleanse what I've spoken to your people for better understanding and for them, for myself, for all of us to walk according to your word and glorify you in all we do in Jesus name. Once again, thank you for joining this podcast. Thank you for joining Disciple Nation. Hope you all received this message well. And you all and we all were able to grow in the image and likeness of God. Have a fruitful and blessed day. Take care. Bye.